All right, guys, welcome into the second episode of Kamisha's Corner, the fantasy football podcast that Sports Illustrated says is all right, I guess. After a record-setting 28 people listened in week one, I'm left with two questions. One, how can we kick things up a notch this week? And two, who are these other 18 people who listen to the podcast from outside our league? I'm, of course, your host with the most, the commissioner of the best fantasy football league in America, Tim Killian. There's plenty more to get to. I'm hoping we have uh, more correct calls this week than ice cold takes. Uh, So let's welcome in our featured guest for week two. This is an original member of the league who's gone 49-63-2 in the regular season over nine years. He's made the playoffs five of those seasons with an 8-4 and four playoff record. The highlight of his career was 2015. He took hide your kids, hide your wife to a championship win over Nick. He also has finished runner-up twice, losing the championship to a 13-year-old Greg Killian in 2010 and losing to myself in 2017. The man whose stubbornness and reluctance to change his team name is almost impressive. He hasn't had Isaiah Crowell for over a year, but it's time to welcome in the owner of the original, The Crow is Coming, John Redman. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Wait, what was my record? Uh, Overall, in the you've gone 49-63-2 in the regular season, but you have an an 8-4 playoff record. So when you get there... I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm like Eli. I'm like the Eli of our fantasy league. You've I just got to get. I just got to get in the tournament, and then I can compete, and I can. I think that's that. Um, who, then, then who is Daniel Jones in that in that in that scenario? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. So before we get into uh, all the things, you know, all things fantasy, uh, I know you said you want to talk some real football first. Um, so let's start there with a little bit of little bit of real football. Uh, we'll start with your birds. What's your take on what's going on with the Eagles right now? All right. So I think that Sunday night was as they played as well as they could have played given the circumstances. And what I mean by that is they had three of their top offensive weapons go down. In, in fucking warm-ups. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know if our, like, health staff is just totally aloof and they're not warming up correctly or they're just, like, not hitting in practice or something. And when they get to the real game scenarios, they just, like, they don't have any of, like, that tissue buildup. I don't, I don't know what it is, but to have three of our top players go down before the, before the first snap is just <laughs> unheard of. I've never seen, I've never seen anything like it. And like, and then people people are making the argument like, oh, you know, the the best teams adjust. You know, the injuries happen in football. That's part of the game. Yeah, I I get that. That's fair. At the same time, though, typically when injuries happen, you know, people are on the injured list during the week, and the coaches have an opportunity to strategize throughout the week and come up with a game plan to have some options for you know the the third and fourth receivers in the event that or in the event that you know. Alshon can't go, for example. He built his mm-hmm. entire game plan with the expectation that these guys would be willing to go and ready to go. So when they weren't ready to go, that that like you check out like half of your plays at that point, and you're kind of just mm-hmm. going off the cuff. Like you, if you look at the tape, Zach Ertz was out there 
showing people, like, where to line up and shit. Like, we had J.J. Arthur Westside, <laughs> who's, like, a third-round pick. He never played a meaningful, meaningful down of NFL football, and he was, like, our number one outside receiver. You got Ertz, like, telling yeah. them, like, which way to line up, and it's just – I think all things considered, that was going to be a hard game to begin with. I think that we honestly learned more about the Falcons in that game than we did about the Eagles. I think the Falcons suck. The fact that they didn't hmm. blow the Eagles out in that game is remarkable. Hmm. So like they they had the Eagles had three turnovers. Matt Ryan, man, like God bless him, he puts up decent stats, but to have the weapons that he has in his in his arsenal and still just he just throws so many ducks, and he just makes a lot of boneheaded mistakes for a quarterback. Yeah, he gets a he gets a he gets a pretty big like free pass from the media on like not having as much success as he should have for sure. It's like oh well, it's you know, he, the NFC yeah. is tough, so it's like no, fuck that. You have all these you have all these weapons at your disposal, and they lose a lot. Yeah, and like I think he gets a free pass because he won MVP. What was it three years ago? or four years ago, whenever it was. Yeah, it so, might have been three years ago. Yeah, so people still kind of view him in that way. It's like, oh, you know, the Falcons, when they put it together, it doesn't go up 28-3 to in the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, but they've literally put it together once, ever. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. still lost that and Super Bowl. And they couldn't hold it together. Um, yeah. So, hey, so, you mentioned there that the, the, the great teams are the ones that are able to adjust but that when they're given time to. So now the Eagles have the Lions this upcoming week. Uh, it looks like no Alshon, no Deshaun Jackson. Uh, you have a week to adjust. The question is, are they going to uh, be able to adjust and take down the Lions? So checking the line on this, early line is seven points for the Eagles at home. I think that's a little high. I think this is going to be a dog fight. I think the Lions are in – this this could be one of those predictions where come week fourteen the Lions are like three and I don't know eleven and I'm like holy shit I'm an idiot but I actually think the Lions are like sneakily decent I think they have a yeah. decent defense I don't think Patricia's as bad of a head coach as everyone says that he is and I think that Galladay is really good I think that Stafford's still you know a top twelve quarterback um, Carryon Johnson's really really good like I think they Again, like, I don't know that they're a playoff team, but I don't know that they're a team where, you know, when your top two weapons on offense are down, that you can just chalk up a win. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned Galladay there, uh, a member of my own squad that I'm sure we'll be talking about a little bit coming up here. Uh, also talking about still just professional level, not in terms of fantasy. Um, everyone knows obviously where I stand on the Pats. So as someone who should be able to be <laughs> impartial here, what's your take on the Pats, how they looked with Antonio Brown, uh, and what you're kind of seeing for them going forward? Wait, hold on. How, how, how do you – like, where do you stand on the Pats? Uh, okay. I think that obviously with the should Antonio Brown play or shouldn't he play thing, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, you know, tough to have a right answer on that. i got to be honest, watching the game, I felt weird – watching it when all the narrative about it is like, okay, did he sexually assault all these women? I, I, it's just it's just weird watching it. So taking that aside about whether or not he should or shouldn't play, I'm not even going to go there. The team, the way they look, it's kind of scary how good they look. And usually the Pats narrative is like they kind of have like a, a weird game in the first four weeks. And then, you know, Max Kellerman goes on and says the same thing he said for eight years now and said Brady's going off the <laughs> cliff and they suck. 
But it looks it's like happening right this now, year, man. Just, yeah. Eventually, if he says it enough times, eventually it <laughs> will be right. The year will be 2030, and a 60-something year, you know, like a 50-something year old Brady is still going to the Super Bowl. No, I think uh, I think that they look like in midseason form. Um, and the, the craziest part about the whole team is just that, like, the granted they have not played stellar offenses, but the defense just like is just playing really well. They're just they don't make stupid like. You see all these, like, running into the kicker penalties and stupid offsides and roughing the passers. They're just, like, they just look disciplined. I'm not going to say that they're going to hold, like, a great offense in the Super Bowl to three points. That's, you know, that's a rarity for them. Obviously, against the Rams, they played well. But, like, I'm not expecting that again. But I think the defense looks really disciplined. And if they are as good as they seem they might be, then I think it's – I think the Patriots are in their own tier. I don't even put – like Chiefs or, you know, Ravens that are in the same tier as them right now. That's how good I think they look. But I'm obviously biased, so I want I want your take. I want you, yeah. your take on the bat. Question for you. How long does Brady have to play until, like, Goodell or somebody in the NFL just does, like, a full-on, like, Mueller-style investigation? It's just like, all right, he is, like, sucking <laughs> fetuses of, like, un- unborn children out of, like, Japan or something, where, like, you're he- – like him and Guerrero have just discovered this thing. They're they're claiming it's pliability, but in reality, he's just doing something super fucking weird. And like it's, it's yeah, not human. It's, it's the new TB twelve. It's the TB twelve method, and uh, yeah, it's really experimental, but it produces great results. Like God damn it, dude! He looks as good as ever. He looks. He, he looks, looks. He looks. Incredible. He does not look in his forties. He looks like he's like twenty six. He looks just he looks as good, good as he did, like when he threw fifty touchdown passes with Moss. Yeah, and granted, like, I know. like the the deep the deep pass isn't really there as much anymore. But I don't know, man. Like that's the thing about the Patriots; it doesn't need to be. I think that's what makes Belichick so great. He's is so... he he adjusts to what his team is, and like he doesn't. There's so many coaches in the NFL, and I get it, right? You know, these guys that become head coaches in the NFL, they're all you know. Type A guys think they're the smartest guys in the room. They work their asses off to get where they're at. So, like, I respect them for that, and it's great. But they all have, like, their style of play, and they all have their their scheme, and they stick to it, and, like, they're going to live and die by it because that's what got them there. And so many of them die by it. Like, what's the what's the success rate on NFL coaches? Like, less than a percent? Like, what are the yeah. coaches – how many coaches don't get fired in the NFL and leave on I know, their own like, terms? Yeah, like, like maybe, like – Five of the thirty-two guys are like mainstays. It's that. Like I can't even remember. Like I, it might have been Dungy was the last one who just like left on his own. Left on his own as, as a semi-successful head coach or Shanahan. No, Shanahan yeah. got canned. He yeah. was the head coach yeah. of the Redskins and like and even, got fired. A, even a guy like Mike Tomlin might not. He might he might get canned. He might not leave on his own terms. There, the way the Steelers are going, <laughs> he might just get pushed out the door too. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and. Like, Belichick, he just – it's amazing. Like, he sees that Brady doesn't have the defense anymore. It's, okay, fine. He can't throw it as well as he did when he was 27. That's fine. You know what we're going to do? We're going to get a bunch – we're going to give him, like, a jump ball threat in in Josh Gordon, who, while he's a down-the-field threat, like, he's still super effective where you throw him, like, fade routes at 20, 25 yards. You give him Antonio Brown, who's probably the best route runner in the entire NFL – and then you give him Julian Edelman, who is who can just stop on a dime. Yeah, death as, by as paper a, cut. As a, <laughs> as a slot receiver, he's probably one of, if not the best slot receiver in the NFL. 
And then you give him, like, a fuck ton of backs that, like, each one of them is different. Like, Sony Michelle is, like, a good, powerful runner. James White can catch the ball out of the backfield. So he just has so much ammunition. And it's funny because, like, you look back to when they had Hernandez and and Gronk. Gronk, yeah. They they ran all these two tight end sets, and that was their philosophy then. Hernandez leaves, so then they, they go out and they run just one, like, you know, single tight end sets with Gronk, I think. They tried to bring in, like, what, Algie Crumpler for a little bit, and then that didn't really work out. And, like, so they adjust, and now Gronk's gone, and now they don't even fucking play with tight ends. Right, and, like, right, they're still, And right. they're still so fucking effective. And, and they, like, can do, they, can do, they can do the power eye. They bring in James Devlin. They can go shotgun. They can go hurry up. They can go ground and pound. It's, they, they, have this, they have this ability to morph to what they need. I was glad you mentioned Josh Gordon and kind of the mid-range game because – you know, you did say Brady's kind of lost the long ball. He still has the ability to hit like those. It's like a it's like a mid range length. It's like a good like like thirty to forty yard pass. He can still pull off. He's against the Steelers. He took a couple shots to Gordon that paid off. He doesn't have like the Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna roll out and obviously bomb it downfield. But they he Brady can take you apart in like three punches down the field if he needs to. Still, which is like that's all you need. Yeah, exactly. That's all. I mean, clearly that's all they need. I mean, they what. What did they outscore? Was like, was the first game thirty to three, and then the last one was forty three zip. So exactly. Yeah. They know. What, so what do you? They got it figured out on offense. Defensively, I think this is one of the better teams they've had in a while. Um, mm-hmm. I know last year, obviously, they held the the Rams to what was it three points in the Super Bowl. Sorry, that John. That sounds right. <laughs> um, but I I. Honestly, don't know that that was that great of a defense. I think that it was just their their game plan was really really good, and obviously Gurley, you know, the the top running back in the NFL, not being healthy, also played a huge role in in what the Rams wanted to do. Um, but I think this defense is really really good, and I don't know, man. I think the only thing that can stop them in the regular season, and I don't. I'm, I prepped it with the regular season because I think the Chiefs are also really fucking good. So I think either one of those teams could easily win the AFC. I, mm-hmm. you know, right now I'm probably going to side with the Patriots, but um, that's a toss-up for me at least. And then as far as the regular season is concerned, I think the only thing that can really stop them is themselves. And what I mean by that is their two best players on offense are Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown. And – I don't think I need to go into details. I think everyone kind of knows what that means. <laughs> yeah, are they going to yeah, are... make it there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think I think it's a – I don't think it's a concern because, again, they're the Patriots. Like, they'll, they could have neither one of those guys and they'll still find a way to get, like, 11 wins. Um, but I think it's, like – it's a fair question, right? Like, is Antonio Brown going to be on this team in Week 16? Is Josh Gordon going to be on this Week 16? Week 16? There's a right. A very realistic chance that neither one of these guys are on the team, and then you're back to, you know, Julian Edelman and uh, uh, Demarius Thomas. Uh, Demarius so. Thomas is now uh, <laughs> with the Jets. We trade him to the Jets. Uh, so oh we, yeah, we did not watch one of the football. Uh, so the man you're forgetting is uh, Gunnar Oshlusky, who is a uh, former. He is a poor man's Julian Edelman, former quarterback from some God knows wherever school who now we have returning punts. Uh, he's like, like Jordan said, you know, how, how sad is Belichick? He didn't get Cooper cup. He's not sad. Cause he's got Gunner. He's, he's got Gunner. Now. <laughs> That's all we need. This guy is just, he's just back there getting punts. 
uh, and he went to Bemidji State. That's a Bemidji State. He was a cornerback. Bemidji turned State. Receiver. Bemidji State. So those are the type of guys that if you if you lose a guy like Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon that you're going to see on the pad. I was going to say. So here's some next level thinking. Do you think that Belichick gave Berrios and Demarius Thomas mono, exposed them to it, and then sent them <laughs> to the Jets to infect Sam Darnold? That would be very Belichickian of him. Actually, it would be. It would not be very Belichickian because it's the goddamn Jets. Like Belichick doesn't even, isn't even aware of. Like he, he would tell him like, "Hey, what do you think about Sam Darnold?" And he'd be like, "Who? <laughs> I don't. Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> No He's man, so they had a concern with the Jets. They had a press conference today, and uh, they they talked. I guess you guys are playing the Jets this week, and yeah. Belichick and I quote said, "We have our work cut out for us this week." <laughs> yeah, uh, that Bill, sounds like no, a, you uh, Yeah, yeah, Bill, <laughs> that you are fake news. Stop it. The Jets <laughs> suck. All right, so I think we've had some good takes on real football. I think uh, at this point in the podcast, I want to dive into fantasy. Uh, John, your squad off to a bit of a shaky start, 0-2. You make this trade today. Trade today. So let's see. We're getting Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Phillip Rivers, and you're getting rid of Antonio Brown, Russell Wilson, and Kareem Hunt. Tell people out there why you think this was a trade worthwhile for you. It seemed like at first people were like, hey, Mike won this trade. But tell us why, maybe from your perspective, this was worth it for you to do. So, on paper, yeah, Mike, it looks like Mike probably won this trade. Um, I think that perspective is important here, though. And... The reason I say that is if you look at my team before this trade, I my bench sucked. I probably had yeah. the worst bench in the entire league. And mm-hmm. with with the bye weeks coming up, like obviously starters are gonna need to sit. And I didn't really have anybody that I felt comfortable putting in there. Golden Tate's coming back from injury and I think that he's gonna I actually think he's gonna do really well with the Giants just because He's a slot receiver, and I think they're just going to be throwing safe passes with Daniel Jones, which means Golden Tate's probably going to feast. I don't know how many scores he's going to get, but I think he's going to get a lot of, t- uh, of catches. Um, yep. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Golden Tate. But outside of him, like Rashad Penny, the only real only way I would play him is if Carson went down. Um, so like that's sort of a non-factor. Yeah, he's the handcuff there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Sanders, he's – I like Sanders a lot. I think that by the end of the season he could be really strong, but just watching the first two games of the Eagles, he's still very much a college running back. And what I mean by that is he tries to kick everything outside, and he needs mm-hmm. to learn how to just, like, become an NFL runner. He – like, obviously in college, you know, when you're – typically in college, like, the best athletes are going to be able to pull shit off like that. Like, if he went to Penn State, he was probably playing against – Outside of, you know, the Michigans and Ohio States of the world, he's probably playing against inferior talent. So, you know, he's more athletic than the guy he's going against. He's going to win that match. He's going to be able to kick it outside and, like, outrun somebody or be more agile than somebody. In the NFL, mm-hmm. everyone's as athletic as he is. So, like, he's not going to be able to pull that shit off. So I think that's where he's struggling a little bit. But I'm still high on him. I still think, you know, being by mid to end of the season, uh, he he can be solid. But 
from a receiver's perspective, I really only have Golden Tate. Like, James Washington yeah. sucks. He's he's on Pittsburgh, and, like, with Big Ben going down, he's like their – Oh, I like saw their, him week one. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. He sucks. I think he scored yeah. – what did he score week one on you? It couldn't have been uh, more than four points. Uh, he had actually six points. Okay. I stand corrected. So, but still not great. Anyway, you get the point. Like, I needed wide receiver help bad. Um, yeah. And I think that Stephon Diggs, granted, he hasn't really produced much so far, but he's super fucking talented. Also, the fact that they play in a dome helps. I think they're, they're going to be a high-scoring offense throughout the season. Um, he's just had a, a few bad games. Like, if you look at the, the, his career, there's no reason to think that he's not going to be able to produce um, so I'm, I'm still pretty high on him. You know, he was a guy who, um, I don't know when he was taking their draft as you the third or fourth round, but, um, he's somebody, you know, who was in that, you know, late twenties, early thirties range. And then I get back a guy also in Emmanuel Sanders, who's going to give me bench stuff. So, you know, as the bye weeks come up, he's somebody that I can insert into my lineup and still feel really, really comfortable with him that he's going to, you know, turn out some decent games. He's the number one receiver in, in Denver, like, unequivocally. He's, like, I think he has 15 more targets or something as compared to their second receiver through two weeks. So Flacco really likes going to him. Um, based off of what I've seen from the Broncos so far, they're actually kind of letting Flacco, like, rip it a little bit, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a successful uh, plan for the Broncos. <laughs> hey, he's elite. He's Sanders, elite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for Emmanuel Sanders – I love that. Um, you know, at, through two weeks, he's the fourth-ranked receiver in fantasy. Obviously, that's not going to, to be sustainable. I don't expect him to maintain that, but um, he provides some really nice bench depth. And then also just the AD factor. I am sick and tired of every two days something else coming up with him, and it's just I, I'm ready. Yeah, you shed the risk. You shed the risk. Yeah. I, I was just ready to move on, and, like, I – everything – dude, like, in, since I drafted him, how many stories have come out? Like, it's been, like, five or six. It's just been insane. Yeah. First it was the helmet. Then it was, I'm, like, feet, his feet during feet hard knocks. Like the, yeah. Then, like, God, he gets in a fight with the fucking coordinator. Yeah, the GM. Then yeah, yeah. Then at the GM – or, yeah, the GM. Sorry, not the coordinator. Then he gets cut. Now these rape allegations, it's just a nightmare, man. I'm, I was just sick of it. Um, and especially given the fact that I started out 0-2, you know, I I wanted to give a little bit of stability with my team and not run the risk of if AD goes out, then I'm pretty much fucked. So I think with the roster that I have right now, um, you know, definitely not the best roster in the league, but I think, you know, we can make a run. All right. All right, so at this point, you know, we've we've heard about your squad. Um, I want to get a little more, some more, uh, you know, cover a little more ground here. So we're going to start a little game of uh, fact or fiction. Um, I'll tee you up on a couple <laughs> of questions here. You, I'm going to say a statement. You tell me whether that's fact or if it's fiction. Uh, first, though, we're going to start uh, with that with that money. Get a little money here for just a little bit. That is uh, Nick Picard with the league-high points, 139.4 points. Uh, beats Jarden handedly. Uh, just holds off Jesse there. 
uh, for the award. So congratulations to Nick. Uh, highest score getting 10 bucks. So fact or fiction, Nick did enough in week two to convince you that he's a legitimate contender for the championship this year. Oh, fact for sure. I think that fact. Nick's got a really, really good team. Yeah. Yeah, what makes you think he's a legitimate contender? So, looking at his roster, so quarterback Mahomes, he's got the best one in the league. Um, I, there's, I think there's a real chance that Mahomes sets the touchdown record this year. I think he's that effing good, and everyone coming into the season was like, oh, yeah, he's going to fall off a little bit. You know, there's no way he can sustain the pace that he did last year. Like, he looks better. He's insane. And yeah. I think that he's going to put up 25 points a game, and that's going to cover up a lot of other weaknesses on his team. So like, I, I think that's a great – so that's a great buffer for him to have Patrick Mahomes. I also think that Todd Gurley is also really, really good, and people forget how good he is because, like, he got injured towards the end of last season. But up until he got injured, he was the number one player in fantasy outside of yeah. Patrick Mahomes. So, like, in my opinion, he's got one of the best running backs. He's got the best quarterback. Aaron Jones has looked really, really good so far. Devontae Adams has Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, so you know he's going to produce. I know he hasn't yet, um, but that will even itself out. DJ Moore, um, I don't know. TBD, um, I think there's yeah. a lot of play there as far as his evaluation is because Cam's status is totally up in the air. Um, and then George Kittle's really good. And John Ross, I don't, I don't know where the fuck that came from. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, he's in like his fourth year. And all of a sudden, he's the best player in fantasy through two weeks. Maybe it's because, yeah. like, who is it? Oh, yeah, uh, Green's out. Green's out till like, week eight or something. So maybe he's, like, the number one option there. And Andy Dalton's just doing Andy Dalton stuff where he puts up good stats for a couple games, and then he throws five picks, like, the next game. So who knows? But I I think top to bottom, he's got he's got a good team. I would say fact. I think Nick is a. I think Nick is a legitimate contender. But just to play devil's advocate on a couple things of of just some weaknesses I see on the John Ross thing that's weird is like he's just you know AJ Green's eventually going to come back. Uh, I still do think Boyd might be the the guy there, and I, I need to see like you said I need to see a little more out of John Ross just to see what happens here. I mean three touchdowns through two games, including last week. He wouldn't have really had much. He had, like three, he had, like, three catches for, like, 50 yards, and then, like, the last minute of the game gets a touchdown from, like, 70 yards out or something stupid like that. So it's, like, that just, like, comes out of nowhere, just icing on the cake to help Nick get an extra 10 bucks. Uh, and also, I don't think his team's very deep. Uh, but one thing to watch with Nick, uh, Tom Brady sitting on that bench, uh, some uh, trades being kind of flirted out there for some guys he might need a quarterback, something to watch going forward. Uh, all right, so I want to get to another one here. Fact or fiction? Uh, we're going to focus on Murph here. Fact or fiction? So Murph has Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson will finish the season as the best player in fantasy football. Is that fact or fiction? Fiction. Fiction? Very, very. Why? Yeah. How come? I don't know, man. He's He's played the Cardinals and the Dolphins. I, I give the guy credit. Like, compared to how he looked last year, he looked terrible towards the end of last year. He was basically a wide receiver playing quarterback. And I know, like, all those jokes are out there on Twitter and all that bullshit. Oh, yeah, not bad for a wide receiver when he threw for, like, five touchdowns. Great. He's, he, he looks a lot better. I give him credit. 
he looks really, really good. And the rushing touchdowns from a fantasy perspective are going to be big. He's probably going to account for about 10 of those. Um, I just, I, I don't see him sustaining this pace. And I know yeah. when you're probably thinking, oh yeah, no shit, John. Like he's on pace to, you know, throw for like 6,000 yards and 100 TDs. But what I mean is like he, he played probably the two worst defenses in the NFL. In the yeah. Cardinals. And the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, and yeah. Good for him. Like, he produced against them, and he did what he was supposed to do. Um, I just want to see it against a decent team. And I think that he'll be there in the end. I think he'll probably be top ten. But I just – some of the throws he was making on, what was it, week one when they played the Dolphins, he was hitting yeah. them, so I can't, I can't say anything, but – these guys were wide open. I know. Dolphins like, are so bad. Like, I could have made and some of those throws. Yeah, he's got some. So, his upcoming schedule, you know, you got teams like Chiefs, Seahawks, Pats, Texans, Rams, a, like, strangely good Bills defense. Like, he's definitely has some tougher matchups coming up. And then some of those guys who are close to Lamar Jackson in points, you know, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Dalvin Cook, guys like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of competition for best player in fantasy, obviously. So Jackson's definitely got his work cut Carson out. Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz, that's right. Yeah, I'm talking about guys <laughs> who are scoring a lot of points, not fan favorites, you asshole. But, hey, good for Murph. Got good some for points. Murph, at least, sir. Yeah, good for Murph for getting a guy like Lamar Jackson. Um, definitely helped him. Murph's team has looked strong so far. Uh, I want to focus now on Kyle above the noise Rogers. Fact or fiction, Kyle has the team most impacted by Sunday's onslaught of injuries. So before you answer here, we got Drew Brees is on Kyle's team. He goes down. That's Kyle's starting quarterback. Also remember, you know, Ben Roethlisberger goes down. That infects, like, Juju on Murph's team or James Conner on Mike Ruse. Alshon Jeffrey goes down, you know, guys like that. So Drew, Kyle loses Drew Brees. Fact or fiction, Kyle has the team most impacted by Sunday's injuries. Uh... I think that's got to be a fact, right? Like, he's starting QBs out, and he doesn't have a backup. So I, I know he's going to work to acquire one, and I'm sure he will. Um, but, like, that's huge. So try to think of how I can put this nicely. He The, the team most decimated by injuries is hands down Christian. Let's take a look at Christian. He has, he has Cam. He has Tyreek Hill. And he has Michael Gallup, in addition to Melvin Gordon, if you want to call that injury or whatever you want to call it, he's not playing. So mm. he's got he's got like four starters that aren't playing. So he's definitely the most decimated by injuries. That being said, I I'm sorry, Mundo, I love you. I don't love your squad. Um, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> so and again, like a lot of it is because of injuries. Like if. Melvin Gordon and Tyree Hill were playing. I think you'd have a really good team. Um, but, like, I don't – if Melvin Gordon comes back, I think that you could sneak into the playoffs. But as it stands, um, I think you're going to have a tough time. So as far as, like, the current contenders are concerned, I think that Breeze is probably the biggest hit that any of the – I'd say the two and O's and one and one teams uh, took. All right. 
I like that. I agree with you there. Uh, and now I'm going to go one more. Fact or fiction? Let's focus on Mason here. Fact or fiction? Mason has a team built for the playoffs. Mason has a team. What's his team name? So Mason is Fuminshu and the boys. Uh, and the boys, rather, <laughs> I should say, and the boys is a good team name. Uh, so my team just had a horrible showing. A lot of reasons why. I'll get to that later. But Mason's team, uh, you know, he beat me. Doesn't even have to play Baker Mayfield. Still takes the win. Um, so let's assume he played Baker. You know, Mason would have had a, a little higher than a uh, little higher than his 73 points there. Uh, would add another 15. On top. So <laughs> yeah, I mean you can't you can't underestimate those week two ref games. That's right. Uh, didn't didn't crack. Wouldn't have cracked 100 points. So not necessarily like a huge showing. I mean, my team played like ass. So I'm not going to throw stones. But uh, the question is for you here. Fact or fiction? This looks like a playoff squad. Yes or no? Fact or fiction? Um, I'm gonna say fiction, and. The reason I say this, and so I'm going to preface this with, I don't really know who is on whose team. So when I put together my power rankings, I just looked at the league rosters and it doesn't have the owners on there. So I did it as objectively as I could. Uh, granted, like I know some teams, but I'd say like half the teams, given that people change their names, I had no idea like who was on like what team. And I had Mason coming in. I guess just a little sneak preview of the power rankings at night. So mm-hmm. with that being said, um, I don't see it as a, as a playoff roster. I think that wide receivers wise, like he's got the best wide receivers easily in the league, but Damian Williams, super crowded backfield. So I don't know how effective he's going to be this year. Maybe one of those guys goes down. I don't know. Like shady, who knows what you're going to get out of him. So maybe like someone in that backfield goes down and then they, he reaps the benefits of being a, a lone back or, a, a, you know, a heavy load back in the Kansas City offense. But as it stands right now, like I don't think we can predict injuries to evaluate Damian Williams' future state effectiveness. So I, I'm, I'm kind of down on him. Joe Mixon, I think, is a really talented player, but I don't love the Bengals this year. So – it's kind of the and again, Saquon Barkley is definitely on a different like playing plane than Joe Mixon, but yeah. it's just the kind of the age old like theory of typically the best running backs and the highest scoring running backs are on good offenses and good teams, and I do not think that the Bengals are going to be a good offense. Yeah, look at look at what year. Joe Mixon's done. Joe Mixon two points in Week One. Four points in week two, like he's not, yeah. he's not doing well. He'll be, not, not good. Yeah, for yeah, not good for Joe. He'll, he'll pick it up. He'll do. He's better than that, but I just don't. I'm not super high on him. Um, Baker, sure. Um, I don't. At the end of the day, in a ten team league, in a ten team one QB league, everyone's going to have a good QB. So I don't even know if he's, you know, top five in our league. If you look at the starters. Like, Rodgers is better than him. I think obviously yeah, Holmes yeah. is better than him. Uh, Breeze, is, when he's healthy, is better than him. Watson's better. Jackson's better. So, you know, he's – Baker's fine. He's average. Like, he's not going to hurt him, but he's not going to give him anything. He's not going to give him an advantage in any given week. Um, and then, like, 
Tyler Boyd, he's he's good. He's solid. I don't know. I think he has a he's not terrible. I, I just I'm, I'm but not, he's not. You're not putting I, in the playoffs yet. Yeah, I'm not putting in the playoffs. Sorry, man. That's fair. All right. So at this point, you kind of teased it. Let's dive into our power rankings. We'll go a little little back and forth here, just like Jarden and I did. Uh, we'll go top to bottom, one through ten. I'll uh, I'll kick it off right here. So number one in my power rankings, Jesse coming in at two and zero. Last week uh, had him at number one, uh, so he stays at top. Another big victory. Uh, you know I would I, I you know last week when Jarden and I were talking, we we're talking about. Uh, you know, Kyle's statement, like, is this a team as good as Christian's? And I was like, you know, no, it's too early for that. I'm not saying that Jesse has, like, the clear cut, like, this is going to be, when we're talking, like, six weeks from now, eight weeks from now, like, this is still, like, the best team, you know. But let's give credit where credit's due. He's at the top of the power rankings right now. This is a team that's performing and also looks like they're going to be very good at the end of the year. I'm not ready to, like, call it a, a Christian-esque squad yet from last year. But just absolutely putting the hammer down. Um, another big win. Uh, takes down Murph. Murph puts up a lot of points. 125. Jesse's just too good. Gets 137. Obviously helped out big time by the past defense. You can't expect to get 37 points from your defense. But he had contributions elsewhere. You know, Levy and Bell gets double digits. Austin Eckler gets double digits. And he lost a fumble on the goal line. Travis Kelsey finally finds Fader. So his squad was just really strong top to bottom. And that Pats D is going to have a lot of really crappy teams for a few weeks, and they'll probably get, like, a turnover here and there, too. So Jesse's at the top of mind. What do you got? Who's your number one, John? So I got just a kill bit, which is Nick. Um, oh, Nick at the I top. Talk- I got Nick at the top. Um, I already touched on it before, so I'm not going to go into a ton of detail again. I think I went yeah. through, like, every single player on his lineup, but – I just think that Mahomes is pretty substantially better than every other quarterback. And I think that he sneakily has two of the best running backs in the league and in Gurley and Jones. And I think the rest of his roster is good enough that they can pretty much round out the rest of his starting lineup where, um, you know, he's going to have a chance every single week. I think that, uh, you know, his starting lineup is, is the best in my eyes. All right, so now now I need to know how far Jesse's fallen. Who you got number two in your power rankings? I got a team has no name, which I'm pretty sure is Jesse. That's Jesse. Right? That's Jesse. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. For all so, for and, all the reasons I said there too. Yeah, I mean, the team's really good, like top to bottom. There's there's not really a weakness in the starting lineup, and then on the bench he's got. AJ Green, which when he, I mean, it, it sucks that he's out, and I think he's coming at, I don't think he's coming back until like week eight or so. But when he does come back, he's getting a, you know, third round wide receiver, so he can insert mm-hmm. him into the lineup. Um, so he's going to be super effective once he comes back. And then you know you throw him in, and let's say you put, I don't even know if he put probably Drake on the bench, and yeah. all of a sudden he's got a really formidable bench as well. So. I think he's got a really good team. I'd say the only thing is he's relied a lot upon production from Eckler so far, and Eckler's a good player. He's reaping the benefits of being the RB1 in San Diego, or excuse me, L.A. L.A. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that at some point, 
Gordon's going to come back. I don't think he's going to pull a bell. I think he he doesn't want to lose that year of eligibility. So I or not eligibility is the wrong word. I think he wants this to count as a year towards his contract. His contract, um, right? Exactly, exactly. And I believe he has to come back by week eleven for that to happen. So I think he will come back at some point. I think he'll probably come back before week eleven, to be honest with you. Um, and then Le'Veon Bell. We saw what happens last night when you, you have quite possibly the worst offense in the NFL. Doesn't yeah. matter how good a running back you are, you aren't going to do shit. Um, all right. So at my number two, I got Murph, which is hurt in a car. Call Lamar. So I got Murph <laughs> at number two. Uh, obviously this, I, I got to give a little credit to Murph here for, so Lamar's obviously been great. So great, great choice by him there. Uh, also, Mark Andrews, uh, his tight end. Holy crap. I mean, granted, this is, this is Ravens heavy against, you know, bad teams, but just eight catches, 108 yards and a touchdown in week one, eight catches, 112 yards and a touchdown in week two. Like, this could be par for the course. Murph could end up having, like, like, just like the best tight end in football. Obviously, if the Ravens have a bad game, he's screwed because he also has Mark Ingram, but they're looking pretty good. Um, so that's pretty good. Watkins benefiting big time from no Tyreek Hill. It's like weird to say, like the weakness on his team is like Devonta Freeman, which is like really weird to say. But I just like Murph's team from top to bottom. James White on the bench. You never know what you're going to get from Pat's, uh, running backs, but that could work in like a bye week if you need to. He'll get you some catches to get you some points here and there. Adrian Peterson, um, doing a little better. Uh, so that could obviously pay off as well. Uh, no Darius Geist there. <coughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, from top to bottom, I like Murph. I like him at uh, week two. Had a really strong week. Just happened to run into Jesse. This team should be 2-0, and really. Um, I'm going to move us into number three, and then we'll go to you. So, for number three, I got Mike Rue uh, at 1-1 one one here. Uh, so, last week I had him at number three as well. Um, and, you know, we were texting earlier, and you said, well, it's safe to say that, you know, you thought that I thought uh, Mike won that trade. Uh, I really do like the build. The, just the just the construction of Mike's team was just kind of like solid where it was. Um, you know, he gets a nine, he gets ninety six point five points. Uh, beats Christian this week. Doesn't necessarily have like the the biggest week per se from Rue, but his team was kind of lacking that flair. Uh, you know, and now just adding a guy like Antonio Brown in here could go huge for him. Uh, obviously so much risk reward, but there's just a lot to like, you know, I, I, Chubb is really strong. Uh, Connor, it seems like he's healthy enough. He'll be able to play. Um, you know, the Lions, uh, offense, obviously not doing as great as probably he'd like for carry on Johnson. Um, still did get 15.8 points last week, uh, which, which helps as well. He's got the bears defense, which is great. I just think top to bottom, I don't think, like, Mike's team by any means is, like, one of the ones where it's like, oh, man, I'm going to be, like, terrified every week I play Mike. But he just, like, I feel like he's just going to have a really consistent year and just be, he's going to make the playoffs. That's why I got him at three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you got? What do you got at three? So I got Freaks and Zeeks at number three, despite the 0-2 record. Jarden at 0-2 at number three. I need to hear the explanation here. Yeah. So, again, I tried to be as objective as possible. Um, granted, I knew that was his team just because I know that he has Saquon and Zeke, but, um, try to be as objective as possible, not really taking the records into consideration because 
I don't think records in fantasy really mean anything. I, I mean, they, there is correlation there, obviously, to how good your team is, but at the end of the day, a lot of it's matchup-based. So um, I try not to read too much into that, and I just look top to bottom. I, as much as I shit on Matt Ryan before, like, he's always going to put up decent stats. And then Saquon and Zeke, like, he might have the two best running backs in fantasy. So there's yeah. something to be said for that. Um, Brandon Cooks, still a really, really good receiver. Cooper Cup, also, you know, he's not going to be putting up gaudy statistics, but he's going to be getting some a decent amount of targets, um, especially in that offense where, you know, they're letting – at least it seems like they're letting Goss sling it a lot this year. Um, so high on him. Also, Calvin Ridley, I think, looks really good so far. Granted, the Eagles secondary have a knack of making average receivers look really good. But I, I think Calvin Ridley, he was the guy that they traded up for in the 2018 draft. Whatever mm-hmm. the draft was, he's in his second year, whatever the draft that was. Um, so he's, he's a burner. That guy's fast as hell. And he's got all the talent in the world. I think he could, uh, he could really kind of take a leap this year. And I could see him, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being, you know, a top, you know, 15 to 18 guy at the, at the end of the season. So I think top to bottom, he's got a really, really solid team. The only thing is from like a, a red flag perspective for him is just the, he's got, what is it? Atlanta, between Atlanta and the Rams. He's got yeah. five starters on two teams. Um, yeah. So he's kind of non – he could be a little he's more not diversified. diversified. Yeah, he's not diversified. Yeah. He needed to diversify that portfolio a little bit. Yeah, so it's kind of like if odds are if Cooks goes off one week, Cup's probably going to get you next to nothing. And same thing, I don't know if Hooper and Ridley as are, as are, are as directly correlated as – Cooks and Cooper, Cooks and Copper. Jesus Christ, these last names. Um, but yeah, I just I'm a big advocate of trying to diversify your team as much as possible. And the fact that he's got five guys in the starting lineup on two different teams scares me. And granted, I understand one of them is Matt Ryan, so that doesn't really count. But um, right, just the right, other right. two guys between Hooper and Ridley, and then Cup and Cooks. Um, I think you can have like one pairing, but Two pairings, I think, is is a little bit heavy, and I think that, um, you know, down the road that might hurt him a little bit. If it happens. So who you got? So so far, yours going down the line. You got Nick, Jesse, Jarden. Who do you got at four? At number four, I have Epstein's secret painting, which is Kyle. 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 This is good because yeah. I I actually also have Kyle as my fourth ranked team, um, and this is a guy who says that uh, he's the villain of the league, and we're always shitting on him, and we're always unfair. So let's be as fair as possible here. Tell me why you got Kyle at uh, at number four. Um, I think that the quarterback position needs to obviously be addressed. The fact that he doesn't have a backup is bad. Um, I again. Kyle's savvy, he'll figure it out. But you know, he's going he goes from having a top three quarterback probably to possibly having somebody like uh Phillip Rivers. And I actually have Phillip Rivers, and I'm not trading him Phillip Rivers. Unless he gives me someone good. But um <laughs> like that you know what I'm saying, like that kind of style of quarterback, like a Phillip Rivers or a Matt Stafford or someone like that. Right. I think that's a pretty big drop off. 
And I also don't love Sony Michelle. At yeah, all. I said it. I said it last week. Sony, so I mean, as a Pats fan, like watching him every week, Sony's so talented. But there's just like, like it, this is like classic Patriots. So week one, Sony Michelle one point four points gets fourteen yards, and then like week two, just just has twenty one carries, uh, eighty five yards, and gets a touchdown. It's just with you know you have there's just mouths to feed. Burkhead runs runs hard. Sometimes they just like he runs the ball really well. They're like, hey, let's just keep giving it to Burkhead. Uh, you know, sometimes James White starts get carries and dump off. We got so many guys we're throwing to. There's just so many mouths to feed that like Michelle just I really like him as a player, but as a in real life, but on, in fantasy he's just like I feel like he's gonna be a little touchdown dependent. Um, obviously the Pats are gonna score a lot of points. So Kyle's going to have weeks where Michelle's going to be really good, but I, I, he's not going to be the most consistent guy to have in your starting lineup. And I looked down at his bench, and the reason I put Kyle up at up at four is because I was encouraged by uh, David Montgomery. Because one of my big uh, critiques of Kyle's team is that the bench really isn't deep. There's like no – the running back strength just isn't there. And Montgomery's super talented, but week one the Bears were like committed to this stupid like three-man weave and I'm like are they going to do this all year when is Montgomery going to get the touches seems like they backed off that in week two they gave Montgomery 18 carries he gets a touchdown so he's trending in the right direction so for that I kind of bumped Kyle up but uh, sorry go back to what you were going to say about Kyle's running back yeah no I was just going to make another point on Michelle and I think the reason he got 21 carries was because they were up by 43 points like, they were yeah. running the ball every single down. They were just trying to run the clock out and get the hell out of Miami. Like, it was boring. They didn't want to pass. Um, so I think that's why he had so many carries. And, I, you know, the counter argument might be, oh, okay, well, he had 15 carries against Pittsburgh the week before. Okay, well, they were also up by a ton in that game as well. And he averaged less than a yard per carry. Not saying that Michelle's a bad running back, but to your point, there's just there's a lot of mouths to feed. And if I'm, if I'm McDaniels and I'm coming up with a game plan, I have Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon and Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. Like, why, why the f am I running? Like, why the like? He's like a, a ground and pound running back. Why the hell am I pounding the rock with Sony Michelle? Right, right. Like, there's yeah, so I many think... other more effective options. And like, I know, I know what the you know the the counter there is going to be, and it's going to say, oh, you know, you have to establish their run in order to set up play action, all that bullshit. No, you don't. The Patriots have never established the run ever, and they win Super Bowls. Like the Patriots last don't, year, hey, like don't like, last they're not year the playoffs. They're not susceptible to, to NFL norms. Like they do whatever the fuck they want, and like the most hey, efficient way for them to move the ball is not by with Sony Michelle. You you clearly did not watch uh, the Do Your Job Part Three documentary. They do one for each of their <sighs> all the Super God. Bowls. Who do you have number do five? You, so Do Your Job Part Three was all about the running game. You missed it. It's all about the running game and how good they are. Uh, but yeah, just to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, and, and it got you all. It got you all of thirteen points in the Super Bowl. It got hey, as Vin Diesel would say, uh, it doesn't matter if it's an inch or a mile. Uh, a win's a win. So uh, we'll take that. Uh, just to wrap up. I thought on, you were gonna say I live my life quarter a mile at a time. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> just to wrap up on Kyle. Um, so I, I just want to end on a positive note for him. I do have him up at four. And I do think the receivers are awesome. Obviously, we saw what Odell Beckham Jr. can do uh, last night. Thielen off to a good start um, in Minnesota. Uh, you know, double-digit points. Not like he's, like, going out there going crazy. Uh, 
you know, five catches or 75 yards last, last week. Just needs a touchdown there to kind of boost him up a little bit. So I do think if Kyle can fix the quarterback situation, maybe I had him ranked a little too low. I had him at week, uh, at, at six overall the week before. Now he's up to four. Uh, moving into number five for me, I had Nick. Uh, last week I had him at eight. This week I moved him up, uh, to five. So he's one and one. Nick obviously was an awesome showing this week. We talked about it earlier. Um, gets that money. Uh, big, big week for him. But I don't know that necessarily, I think that like as, as Jarden said, um, in week one when, you know, his loss to Kyle was an anomaly. You know, it's, 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 I'm not saying that Nick's big, uh, outburst there is an anomaly. I'm just saying it could be. I think that you really like Nick's team for a lot of reasons, uh, that I might slightly disagree with here. Uh, obviously love Mahomes. Gurley is great. I am just a little concerned, obviously, about, um, his health going forward, uh, and just his, uh, you know, dependence on touchdowns. Only averaged 3.9 yards a carry last game. Um, obviously things were a little weird in that Saints game. Uh, he did get the touchdown, which helped there. Uh, Gurley's super talented with healthy, but I'm a little concerned. Uh, DJ Moore, not exactly my favorite. Also, this John Ross thing is so touchdown dependent, but who the hell knows what that's going to do. Uh, I just don't necessarily love Nick's bench as we start to get into uh, bye weeks here. I don't like Tariq Cohen. As I said, for Kyle, I like Montgomery starting to get touches. That hurts Cohen. I don't like Cohen. Um, obviously, Henderson's just there as a backup for Gurley. Uh, you're not going to play Njoku. You got Kittle. You know, uh, like maybe like John Brown in Buffalo. Like, you know, I just – I look down this list and I just – I think the running back depth isn't really strong, and if Gurley gets hurt, like, and once you get bye weeks here, I think Nick does have some weaknesses. That to be said, I do him at five. I do think this is a team built for the playoffs, and he can do what we saw last week. It's just going to be a matter of, like, after a few more weeks, are we going to see more of what we saw from Nick this week with these huge, huge outbursts, or are we going to see more of what we saw, uh, you know, in week one uh, where he didn't get the win? That's kind of the question. He's kind of on that. That's why I kind of have him in that, like, that bubble area right there. He only had 99 points the first week, so hard to say. Um, obviously, we already heard you on Nick, so who do you got at five? So, number five, I got hurt in a car called Lamar, <laughs> which Murph. is Murph. So, My I, two. again, I think that the first two weeks, I think he's had a really, really nice start to the season. Obviously, Lamar Jackson has been absolutely on fire. Um, Julio Jones had a really, really nice week against the Eagles. Devonta Freeman is struggling a little bit. Um, but I think that with, um, what's his, who was the backup there last year? Cohen? Not Cohen. Coleman. Uh, with Coleman out of the picture, I think the touches are going to be there. Like, there's really no one else there that's getting touches. Like, like it, I think the backup is Edo Smith. So I yeah. imagine Devonta Freeman to continue to get a lot of touches. So I, I'm a little bit more, I don't know, I think I'm higher on him than other people. But, again, it, it kind of goes back to Jarden. He, he's even a worse offender. He's got six guys in the starting lineup on two different teams. Um, it's worked out so far because the Ravens have scored, like, a gajillion points. But that's going to regress to the mean. They're going to have to start playing good teams eventually. And... I just don't know that all of those guys are going to be there's they're all going to be able to produce at the clip that they've been producing at so far. So that's my biggest critique of his team. Obviously, from a talent perspective, I mean, 
Julio Jones, Juju, Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram. Like, there's not a ton of weaknesses in this lineup. Um, I just think that the Ravens are going to come back down to earth a little bit, and that's going to affect a decent chunk of his lineup. All right, so we both have uh, covered murder five. They have him a little bit higher. Uh, who do you have at number six? At number six, I have Armed Rogery, which is you. That's right. <laughs> um, honestly, I think you have a good team. I like Galladay a lot. I do not like Evans. I don't know what the hell has happened to him. Yeah. Maybe it's just the Jameis Winston effect. Oh, I was going to say, I, I can tell you what happened. His quarterback sucks. That's what happened. Because I had him last year, and he sucked last year. And then I saw the projections for this year, and he was projected high again. I was like, wait a minute. What's going on? Like, I, I, He hasn't been good in about three years. So I don't right. know what's going on with him. It's probably the Jameis effect. Um, but he just hasn't been that good in a while. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Galladay ends up taking over your wide receiver one position by the end of the season. But running back wise, I completely agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, running back wise, you know, Dalvin Cook and McCaffrey are about as good as it gets. Um, I think that Marlon Mack is solid. He put up a huge clip in the first game. Obviously, like, that wasn't realistic. What do you put up, like, 170 and, like, a two-team yeah, game or one something se- like that? 174 and a touchdown for 25. Um, and then last week gets 20 carries again. They keep feeding them. Obviously not as good against the stingier uh, Titans D. Only gets 7.3 points for me. Yeah, so I think that's pro- he's probably somewhere in between there. I think he could be – he's going to be solid. Like, I think he's a perfect flex player. I think he could be – a a 12 to 13 point a week kind of guy. Um, right. So again, like I don't, don't see a ton of weaknesses. The only concern I have is one, um, Dalvin Cook, he's off to a great start. One, is it sustainable? Two, is he going to be able to stay healthy? And then as far as the wide receivers are concerned, um, you know, Galladay, he's got a lot of upside, but I, I wouldn't say he's really done it yet for a full season. So if, if the Lions end up sucking and he ends up not putting up, you know, great stats and, and Evan struggles, um, I think there could be some concern there from the wide receiver position. But as it stands right now, I think, you know, there's top to bottom. I don't really see any huge flaws in the lineup. Maybe maybe O.J. So, Howard, but So that's um, what I was going to get to. My, my biggest flaw it has to be O.J. Howard. And so last week on the podcast, I was talking with Jarden, and I had myself actually ranked at number two, uh, which I remember you know, that. Is, it's, it's pretty high, but I just – I really like the depth of my squad. I think I have one of the deeper teams. Having three stud running backs who are just going to get absolutely fed with McCaffrey, Cook, and uh, Mack is a huge advantage, like I just said of some other players not having depth. But I think I did – Obviously, I think I downplayed uh, having two Buccaneers. Uh, O.J. Howard is a big issue, getting zero points last week and playing, like, 62 snaps or something. Like, how does a guy get zero points when he's on the field every (laughs) single play? I watched that game, and I'm just like, oh, there he is. Like, oh, he'll get one here. And then it's like, nope. I'm like, oh, no, he'll get one the next time. Nope. They never even, like, look at him. And then Mike Evans, obviously, yeah, just, such a disappointment. So 
I think that my I think that I have I still believe I have the strongest running back core in terms of just like depth and the way that um way that my squad's built. Uh, you know, McCaffrey currently running back number four, uh Dalvin Cook currently running back number two, and uh Marlon Mack running back number seven. So I have three top ten running backs, two of them are top five. I think that the those three numbers aren't really gonna be that far off from where they really are at the end of the year. Maybe Mack drops back a little bit, but those three guys will be great. Rodgers is a stud. Uh, but yeah, and I think Galladay's good, but I do think I have, I have a big issue with, uh, Buccaneers right now. So, needless <laughs> to say, clearly I oversold on, uh, where things stand with my squad. I gotta do something about this. This OJ Howard thing is, it's a, it's a thing. There's no, I can't downplay it anymore. I, I could not, I was just dumbfounded watching a man play every single play in an ugly game and not getting targeted like a single time. So clearly I get probably the worst tight end uh, in football right now in fantasy. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Sometimes yeah. it happens. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> All right, everyone, I was wrong. <laughs> Dude, but it just goes to the show. Like, I, when he was coming out, he was I, – I forget when he went, maybe like fifth or sixth pick. And coming out of Alabama, I was convinced that he was going to be an absolute stud. I was like, this guy is so effing athletic. He's going to be, like, the most athletic tight end in the league his second year. And, like, I was convinced he was going to be, like, the next Tony Gonzalez. And now we're in year three, and he blows. Yeah, it's so not, it's not I, good. It's not good. I don't get it. <laughs> um, I actually thought he was going to be decent this year as well. Um, but, yeah, he's just See, not. the plan was I have, <laughs> I, have, I have Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay, and then Deshaun Jackson off the bench is, like, between him and Marvin Jones, like someone who during bye weeks can, like, filter up if I have to have someone in there. Um, and still be okay and not miss a beat. But when you have a zero points from your tight end and then Mike Evans is also bad, uh, then my team is not as strong as I thought. I do like that both of us have me currently as a playoff team, though, sitting on that bubble. So uh, big week ahead for me, hopefully, so I can stay inside that top six. Um, I want to move on now to number seven. This is where I have Jarden at 0-2. Last week I had him at six. Uh, you had Jarden actually at number six. Three, so you're a little bit higher on Jarden. I, I obviously was a big believer in this squad from day one. I think I had him as like the number one or two ranked team right after the draft, and it just kind of fell down just because the production hasn't been there. You know, uh, puts up 113 this week, so way better week than I had. Um, but just like what you touched upon earlier, I don't have to go through the entire squad line by line. But Barkley and Elliott obviously studs, but just having two Rams, and then three uh, Falcons, you know, kind of dependent there in a little bit uh, of just, like, all your eggs in one basket. Um, also, Philip Lindsay on the bench, like, weirdly not doing that great in Denver. This is a product of Denver not being that, that great as a team. And also, just like they're starting to give the ball to Freeman a little more. Uh, so I don't really like his depth as much either once we start getting to these bye weeks and he loses Barkley and Elliott. Uh, it seems like his team doesn't have as much depth as we thought originally, but I do have Jarden right there on the bubble still. There's a, there's a lot to like, as you said earlier. Um, obviously, you have a little more upside for him. Um, so who do you have at number seven? So I actually have myself at number seven. Let's go. So so I'm – I feel like I talked about my team a decent amount before. I don't want to like go crazy and do it again. Yeah. Um, but 
I'm just just looking at my roster. I guess first of all, from a from a point scored perspective, um, week one put up a pretty respectable total. Um, I know I lost to you, but you also had a couple guys just absolutely go off and McCaffrey and Mac. So I feel like on a normal week, probably you know 70% of the time, I, I think I win that matchup. Um, on that on that week, I do think that sure. you know our, our teams are pretty comparable. Um, sure. but I think 70% of the time I win that week. And then additionally, I just, I think top to bottom, I, I like my squad now. You know, I, I don't see, you know, my biggest weakness right now is probably tight end. And Hunter Henry going down is, is a bummer. He was somebody that I was pretty high on coming into this year. He's still going to come back. I think he's going to be back like week seven or so. Um, but, I gotta come up with something in the short term to to replace him because Kyle Rudolph, I just don't think is the answer. He has been god awful. Hey, what's going I on? Know with that, him? I know that feeling. <laughs> I know that feeling about a bad tight end. What happened? Did they have him? Did they get another tight end? Because he's always been like a top ten guy, and he just has not been this year. He is, he didn't even have a catch in week one. Yeah, he had a so uh, listen to this statistic. He. He was on the field for every single play in week one and didn't get a catch. How is that possible? Uh, we just talked about it. O.J. Howard, dude, welcome to the squad. We should get jackets and say our tight ends suck. <laughs> so that's probably going to be my priority this week after, I mean, aside from, you know, the, the trade today. I'm um, just trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the tight end position. But outside of that, you know, I, I, I think that I, I think that Diggs is going to – He's going to level out. Like, he's not this bad. Um, he's never yeah. been this bad in his career. He's always produced in fantasy. So he's going to he's gonna be better. Um, still super high on Kamara. Obviously, without Breeze, it's going to be interesting to see just because, you know, Breeze opens up the field a lot with his ability of what he can do um, with his arm, and they're not going to have that anymore. So teams are really going to be able to play a lot closer to the line. So how that affects Kamara, I don't know. I really, I still really like Kamara. Um, I think that, especially with a new quarterback, I think that he might even get more touches in, like, the flat. So his catches might go up. Um, it's just a matter of what he's able to do with those catches. Um, it's probably going to go down. I would, my expectation for Kamara is catches to go up, probably yards to probably come down. Um, but TBD, uh, I, I, still a ton of upside, you know, still probably a top 10 running back even without breeze so so yeah i think you got yourself in a in a in the in the right area i have you um as number eight i think you have a well constructed team uh i think i just put a little more weight maybe than than you did in the zero and two start like you said you're not really looking at performance so we have you in similar area who do you have as number eight number eight i have Release the Chub. Mike Rue. That's Mike Mike Rue. I have him at number three, so we're opposite there. Yeah, so my biggest thing here was I think the Connor injury hurts him a lot, Um, especially with Big Ben going down. I I just don't know how effective Connor is going to be moving forward. Um, And then just the the fact that Antonio Brown is a risk. You don't know what's going to happen with him. And Nick Chubb, he's doing great. He's going to be great for the first eight weeks, but 
I have to believe that his effectiveness is going to go down come playoff time. And especially given the fact that, in, for context, what I mean by that is Hunt's going to be back. And <laughs> I think that that's going to severely limit the number of touches that he gets. I wouldn't be surprised if they almost go like 50-50. I think that he's got a good team. It's just more like the running back position is a question mark for me. I don't think Connor's going to be as effective. And Carryon Johnson hasn't really produced yet. And I I think he could be decent this year. Obviously, he's the lead back there. But, again, their offense is just meh. And I think that he might end up just being – decent like I think yeah. it, there's a good chance that he scores the most points on Roos team this year and if Carrion Johnson's your best running back I don't know oh that's not true Nick Chubb will be his best running back see he's yeah. he's, he's confused me because he's got Chubb in the flex spot and I'm looking at Connor and Carrion <laughs> Johnson and I'm like I'm like convincing myself that oh yeah these guys aren't that good as running backs and then it's like oh wait that's right he's got Chubb in the flex so Chubb's a really <laughs> nice player but keeping, keeping you guessing he is keeping me guessing um, there's just a lot of question marks there. Um, all right. So for my number nine, uh, I want to take a second here. So it's, it's Mason who improves to one and one. Uh, he beats my squad. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, I just want to take a moment to recognize that, uh, you know, this was Mason's first regular season victory since week 13 of the 2017 season. Uh, when his squad, Kyle's a member of Nambla, took down Merck's <laughs> Ball Fondlers, the movie. So let's all just have a round of applause. What a matchup it was. <laughs> it was a big matchup. You know, Mason did beat Jordan in the consolation bracket last year to avoid the, uh, the punishment. But as far as regular season wins go, uh, you know, this is a big one for Mason, getting a regular season win. First one in over like a year and a half. So congrats <laughs> there. Unfortunately for Mason, uh, you know, I think, uh, I mean, obviously he beat my team. He this won. This is a weird. What? Sorry. He won, he won his game 73 to 66. Yeah, that was my team that had just, I had zero points from Deshaun Jackson get hurt, zero points from, uh, zero points from OJ Howard, who was on the field for every play and did not get targeted at all. Uh, Mike Evans obviously is a shit week. Christian McCaffrey is a shit week. So I'm not, I'm not making excuses in terms of saying like, oh man, I should have won, um, cause Mason obviously beat me. I'm just saying, uh, looking at the terms of like, we talked about his team a little earlier, in terms of who do I actually think is like a stronger team going forward. Uh, unfortunately, Joe Mixon, uh, not really getting it done so far. Tyler Boyd losing these touches, uh, to Ross out of nowhere is, not helping Mason's cause. I do love his receivers in terms of Hopkins and Thomas, obviously they're studs, but there's just not a lot of depth. When I, we start to get to bye weeks, I, I just, I could see Mason having a, having a hard time once, like, filling these holes, um, not really having as deep of a bench, maybe as some of the other teams. Obviously this makes me look like a hypocrite, I guess, but you're in the same spot as me in terms of, we both have Mason ranked lower than me, even though he just beat me. Um, but who do you got at nine? Do you have Mason there? I was going to say, Mason has had trouble filling holes in the past. <laughs> if you know what I mean. The old Mason Leisure special. <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> no, that stays in. That stays in. Why do you have um, Mason at nine? Tell me why you, what do you got Mason at nine for. Um, all the reasons that you, you just illustrated. I just, You're good. Though. I'm, 
I'm low. I'm low on Williams. Low on Mason. <laughs> I'm just laughing about the Mason Leisure special now. Guy with the uh, best cuddler right. on Lancaster Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mason, Mason, Mason's going to uh, unfortunately cuddling himself to uh, ninth place there. So that means we both have Christian. Dead last. Uh, wrap it up for me real yeah. quick on Christian. What do you got? at the bottom. What do you got? So I, w- I will preface it with this. I think that he is just really unlucky right now. He took a sh- he took a flyer on um, Gordon, and obviously through week two, um, that's looking like a bad move, but. I don't know, man. Like he, like you just look at his starters; they're just not that good. <laughs> Additionally, <laughs> also I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm look, trying to find his team, and my dumb brain couldn't process that he was also the crow is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was like going, I, yeah, I was like going through the scroll bar on the side, and I was like, what the fuck? What's his team? <laughs> Oh man, he's just completely decimated. Like, like Tyree kills out, Michael Gallup's out, who I actually think is a pretty nice player. Um, like Melvin Gordon's not playing. That being said, if all three of those guys were playing, if he was able to march out, yeah, Cam's out too. But if he was able to march yeah. out a lineup of Cam Johnson, Gordon, Godwin, uh, Tyreek Hill, Jared Cook, and Josh Gordon, that's a really, really good lineup. Yeah. It's just, uh, like, right now he can't march them out because none of them are playing. Injuries. So, it, uh, yeah, unfortunately it puts them at 10. But, Mundo, I will say, you know, all things being equal, if we're in a vacuum just looking at it on paper and injuries aren't a real thing, I actually think you have one of the better teams in the league. But the uh, the Melvin Gordon, you know, not wanting to play football this year kind of hurts you. <laughs> So that does it for our power rankings. I want to real quick, we'll do some quick hitters here, not as not as in-depth, but some quick hitters as we go out, uh, just previewing next week. Uh, so I'm going to start us off. Which team has the most to prove this next week? Um, I'm actually going to go, I'm going to say Jarden. Uh, for all the reasons we just said, it seems like Jarden's got a lot of potential, but he's 0-2 right now. Uh, you know, the first two or three weeks is where we're like, hey, you know, this could be based on just a matchup or getting unlucky. I think this is the time for, like, put up or shut up uh, as we start to see what teams really are. Uh, so I'd say Jarden's got a lot to prove at 0-2. Uh, who do you think is the most to prove this week, John? Um, I'm going to say myself, just because similar situation to Jarden. I know he his team has had a little bit more hype than mine has, but also 0-2. Um, you know, week one, I think I had an opportunity to win and just, let it slip away. There were a few things that didn't break, but you know we got to get a win. Made a made a huge blockbuster trade. Hearing a lot of shit from you people about it. So um, as far as having uh, a chip on our back this week and winning one for the old Gipper, um, I think that we, I think my team really really needs to not go zero and three because if we do, it's going to be pretty much damn near impossible to make the playoffs from there. <laughs> so I'll say myself, again, John, like he is 
probably equally as much to prove, but I just give the edge of myself because I made a trade and all you assholes say it was a bad trade. <laughs> Except for Kai, uh, Kai right. on my back. <laughs> so, most intriguing matchup this week. Um, I'm going to say it's actually Nick versus you. Um, obviously, with the trade, it's really interesting to see what your team's going to do. Uh, but, you know, I think on the same kind of token of, like, you know, Jarden having something to prove, I think if Nick can beat your team this week, it's a real statement to me, like, okay, this is a team that's, like, ready to win the title. Uh, so I'm really interested in seeing what Nick puts up and also just what your team does responding to this trade. Uh, what matchup are you looking at? So I'm I, I'm really interested to see uh, the Freaks and Zeeks versus a team that has no name, so Jesse versus John. I think Jesse, as we all know, has had one of the better teams so far. Um, you know, two and zero hasn't lost, hasn't lost, and he's put up you know respectable splits in each game. And I think Jarden is is one of those teams where he's a lot better than his his record indicates. So I think that the Cowboys are going to start getting Zeke more involved here, and it's a it's a tough matchup for John. You know, for the same reasons that I said before. You know, you don't want to go zero and three to start the season. That makes it really really difficult to make the playoffs. So. Um, he's almost in a mu- in a must win situation. I don't know that I'd call it call it that quite yet. Um, I think he has a team good enough that they could get out of that hole. But again, you really don't want to go down zero and three, and he's yep. got a, a tough task ahead of him. All right. So last question here. I'm going to do just one last one as we go out. Fill in the blank for me here. This time next week, we'll all be talking about blank. Fill in that blank for me. Do you want me to go first? Next week. Yeah, you go first. All right, so this time next week, we'll all be talking about the moves that Kyle made. I think uh, you got us off on a good foot with these trades. I think Kyle has addressed that his team is actually, you know, in need now because of Drew Brees and maybe just lack of depth elsewhere uh, to make some moves. So whether it's waiver wire uh, moves or making some – making some trades. He's already flirted with some trade offers out there. Um, I, I think this time next week we're all going to be talking about what Kyle did, what moves he made. Okay. I think that's a good one. I think this time next week we're going to be talking about the fall back down to earth of Lamar Jackson. I mm. think that he's – I don't necessarily know that he's going to have a bad game, but I think he's due for maybe like a 13 or 14 pointer. They got the Chiefs. That's going to be a really good game. Um, the Ravens have one of the best defenses in the NFL. So I actually don't necessarily see this being a super high scoring game. I think it's going to be a dog fight. I, I say that like relatively speaking, right? Like a non, not a high scoring game for the Chiefs might mean that they put up like 28 as opposed to 40. <laughs> So, um, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think that the, the fact that the Chiefs are at home, they have one of the best home field advantages in all of football, and, you know, they're not the Cardinals or the Dolphins, um, is not going to play in Lamar Jackson's favor. And I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of comes back down to earth and maybe puts up like a, a 13 or 14 pointer. All right. I think that's a good take. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground here. That's going to be a good place to wrap up. Uh, John, thanks for being the second guest on Commission's Corner and for uh, giving us your time tonight. You got it, man. I uh, I was going to say, as far as some of the outside of the power rankings, I was a little bit unprepared. 
just because it was it was a busy day. I didn't have a ton of time, but uh, oh, I thought we did a nice job. I guess we'll let the rest of the league decide, though. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll be reaching out for who the uh, next guest will be going forward, and uh, that's going to do it. Best of luck uh, to all you this week in your matchups. Inside, darling, you know just what I'm here for So you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore Show a little faith, there's magic in the night You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're alright Oh, and that's I'm gonna make it